and we're live. To quote Beckloff, and we're live. The difference between Beckloff's quoting, and we're live, and me saying, and we're live, is that I'm out here hiking. Whereas you know that Beckloff guy, he, he thinks going to the mailbox at the end of his driveway is a hike. And, uh, and I'm on an actual real one. We are hiking. We're pulling a great one here. The First Creek Trailhead. I thought I... I was originally intending to hike this. But did the Oak Creek Trailhead instead? Because I... This is on the west side of Vegas. And along the road... Atham looked this up. South of Red Rock Canyon National Park. There's a bunch of these pull-out spots none of which are terribly clearly marked. And so I'm like, oh, here it is. This is the third one down. And, and it wasn't because there were two other non-marked dirt roads. And then this time I just should have looked for the sign because there's this is the one clearly marked trail. This is First Creek Trailhead. And so <clears throat> the captain, in an effort to save time, is going to enjoy a hike and get a podcast done. Uh, this podcast brought to you by our two sponsors, uh, Orion'sColdFire.com. Check them out. And a new one, TheMensAdvocate.net. Go to TheMensAdvocate.net. Uh, this is a buddy of mine. He put together a website. And guys, I'm a whore. You guys all know I'm a whore. I'll promote anything for money. But if you're going to do social media, if you're serious about this shit... These guys actually do a good job of it. I'm not talking the quality and, and, and quantity. I mean, be consistent. Do it. I wish people would consult me before they buy URLs. And um, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do it. I'm pessimistic. Like really, how's your how's your website? I'm not trying to uh, deter people from doing stuff, but is it worth your time? Are you bringing something to the table that's not already here? So guys, check it out, themensadvocate.net. See if uh, see if there's something new and exciting going on there. It's got an associated YouTube channel. The URL escapes me because, well, it's one of those weirdo URLs. I don't think you can get a um, tailored URL name, YouTube URL, until you hit a certain number of subscribers. But you'll be able to find a link there uh, at the Men's Advocate. <clears throat> oh, shit, what do I want to talk about? I had, there's so many articles. So much stupid shit going on in the news. The market value of stupid, crazy shit is just going down. Because not only is the news agencies reporting more and more of it, flooding the market with it, People themselves are just getting dumber. The debate about, well, is it just yellow journalism? And is the net finer and they're drudging up more ugly creatures from the bottom of the sea? Yes, that's that's true. Those creatures and degenerates have always been there. It's just we haven't had the fine-tooth net to pull them up uh, before the internet. But I also think the quality and caliber of people are decaying. Oh my God! Speaking of which... Um, so I go to the, my coffee cafe place where I upload the YouTube videos because my interweb speed sucks at the Southern Command. 
<clears throat> and I, I've given up. The days where there were beautiful women, you know, the song standing on the corner watching all the girls go by. Believe it or not, millennials and Gen Z boys, there was a time women in public were comely. They were cute. They were pretty. You would want to look at them. And, and when they went out in public, they had etiquette and decorum, as did the men. And you would go out in your PJs. They'd dress up. And so Dean Martin came up with a song, Standing on the Corner, Watching All the Girls Go By, which is a song about rape. He, I raped me. That's, I'm surprised that one hasn't gotten banned. If, uh, maybe it's cold outside, caught all that flack. I can only imagine what standing on the corner watching all the girls go by would <clears throat> uh, entice. So I went to the coffee store, and I got jarred out of my, my days or my automatonic operating system. I'm just operating an operating system. And I see a 10, a rare 10, an actual woman who was a 10. She was the epitome of beautiful. I'm just textbook, textbook. And I'm either I'm getting old I'm too defeated or I just plain damn well know that she was just stunning. And I just sat and enjoyed it. Just enjoyed the view. I wasn't gawking, I wasn't staring, but kind of catch a glimpse and look. She was put together, appropriately dressed, and uh, just, just beautiful. And I appreciated it more as like kind of artwork. Like, no sexuality, if that makes any sense. Maybe I'm just losing it, getting old. The hormones aren't raging anymore. But it was nice, just to, for once. And you could look around, and I did. And you, you, you tune it out. You tune out the background noise. You tune out the ugly and the fugly and the fat. You tune out the average. It's just... They're just a backdrop. And this gal stood out like a flower in a desert. It's just nice to see. Nice to see. And I, what was it? A friend of mine says, why well, talk to him when the best thing you can get is for free just looking at him? <laughs> I had no intention of talking to her, I'm sure. This gal was so pretty, she probably has a bunch of saps going, are you a model? Are you a model? I just sat there. Kind of like looking at a vista from hiking. <clears throat> Much like the vista I have now. And then finish my espresso, finish my uploads. And headed out. And that was it. And then I got back into the row rehearsal. The operating daemons, the operating system went back to normal. And I continued to ignore the ugly and the average around me. And uh, got on with my day. That was it. That was my pretty girl story. Uh, the Oscars will not be having a host. Did want to talk about this. It's hard not to talk about without the article in front. I'm just going off of memory now. They are not going to have a host. The Oscars were never alive to me. 
It was like Miss America. But I do remember in the 70s and 80s and even the 90s that it was kind of like, this is important, this means these are the best movies. Because we didn't have the internet. The irony that you have the internet, you can look up the truth anytime you want. Yet the millennials and Gen Zers are the most brainwashed sheeple generation ever. Ah, oh, but man. Two predictions. One, I think the economy will go into a slight recession. Maybe not even that economic slowdown. Fake housing prices are a little bubbly. Stock market's gone down a little bit. Second prediction, which is not going to be going out on a big limb here. It's not terribly brave for me to make this prediction. But uh, the Oscars are going to have their lowest ratings ever. Lowest ever. I, uh, and I mean significantly lower than beforehand. This is, you think it was bad before, this is going to be a bloodbath. Nobody cares. Hollywood has exposed itself. People are sick of the shit and the slop. You got plenty of alternative forms of entertainment. And, and the show sucks. It sucks. Who wants to see a bunch of people sucking each other off? Who the fuck cares? Anyway, what was germane about this is that uh, they were going to have a host, as they always do. It's going to be Kevin Hart. And I don't know how long ago, but he tweeted something out years ago saying, that's gay. And, of course, the precious snowflakes had a conniption. They, oh my god, he's not racist, bigoted, homophobic. So the Academy was going to have Kevin Hart as the host. And then when they dug into his, remember, fine, fine-tooth comb, Brett Kavanaugh. Hart got Kavanaugh. That's what happened. Hart got Kavanaugh. He got Brett Kavanaugh. Although there's actual evidence and proof that that Kevin Hart tweeted saying that was gay. <laughs> well, there's no proof as to what happened to Kavanaugh. And uh, the Academy's like, oh my God. Just to show you what a bunch of bored, self-righteous, pompous, truly spoiled, that somebody tweeted sometime in the past saying, that's gay. And that's enough to cost you a gig at the Oscars, I think Kevin Hart said, fuck it, I don't want to do it. <laughs> Which is good. It's good those comedians are taking that stand. Seinfeld and what, Chris Rock, they won't do college campuses anymore. Because the left, whether you are a Hollywood drone or you're an independent-minded college student, you guys are incapable of humor. You're just incapable of humor. And I pity you. You deserve a humorless life. But I pity you guys. <clears throat> you guys, well, which way are we going? Huh. Let's let's, let's go this way. You can't have humor. Part, key. Key ingredient. One of the key ingredients to humor is somewhat of an insult. Of somewhat of making fun of another person. And that's not even a joke, Kevin Hartman. It's just, uh, dude, that's gay. That's lame. That was a declarative statement with absolutely no intention of harming or assaulting the homosexual community. <laughs> and I know most of, 
want to get any listeners out there, you guys are not offended with, oh, dude, that's gay. I know. Well, stop being a fag. That's a f- fag. Yeah, everybody here is mature and knows better. But not Hollywood. And not, uh, not college campuses. What, that one comedian well, got kicked off the stage because he made some kind of... Oh, my God. And you wonder why I pick on the millennials. You wonder why I slam them. You wonder why I pick on Gen Zers and the young... And this is not... This is not... Ooh, those dang damn kids and I'm old and in our day. No. You guys do deserve the ridicule and mockery. You're a bunch of fucking pussies. You're a bunch of fucking pussies. You're so offended by everything. And so you can't enjoy anything. Humorous, mocking ridicule. Oh my God. Masculinity alone suffers from that because all guys do with one another is bust each other balls. That's it. It's the whole point and purpose of being a man. Is to bust each other's balls. It's to get each other. And oh my God, I'm offended. Oh, we have to kick you off the stage. You hypocrites. I'm for the freedom of speech, but not here. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jerry Seinfeld and Chris Rock, these guys just don't get... They've made their millions. They gotta be like, yeah, you know, I don't need that. Do I really need to do the college circuit? Do I really need to? Yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna do casinos. I'm gonna go out like Don Rickles, ripping people in a new one until I'm 91 years old. I'm not gonna deal with the babies. I'm not gonna entertain. I'm not gonna be the clown that goes to the seven-year-old's birthday party. Everybody's crying. It's a shit show. That's all you guys are. That's all modern-day college students are. You're a bunch of little seven-year-olds that happen to have pubes. That's it. You know, smarter. You know, more intelligent. Just as entitled, just as childish. Because you'd be offended at a joke. Because all of you have pussies. Some of you might actually have a penis, but you're all all owners of pussies. So Kevin Hart. So forget, I'm not going to do it. Good for him. Good for him. But it's telling. This is where my prediction comes. That if this masturbation fest, this jerk-off fest called the Oscars, if they can't even have a host for something as innocuous as saying, dude, that's gay. They are so far removed from the rest of society They are so in their insular bubble that no one is going to tune in. No one. I mean, my God, it isn't even about who's the best anymore. That's that's a joke. All whoever wins these awards, it's it's some it's all political now. Beforehand, it was like whoever was most connected. Now it's a virtue. Say, oh my God. 12 days of slave. It was the greatest thing. Ah, shut the fuck up. Oh. And so I predict that the Oscars will do very poorly. I The worst, like the worst, maybe not since record, I mean, but as a percent of the population, whatever ratings they use, 
it's going to be horrible. It will be dire. And they'll continue on. What's going to happen? I mean, inevitably, no one watches TV anymore. I'll admit the majority of the exodus from movies and television has been the internet. But you know a lot of it. I mean, like the NFL. Their politics cost them greatly. There's a political angle to it. People are like, you know what, fuck you. I'm sick and tired of you sermonizing me. I didn't even like it when I was a kid. How people just let us pray. And it was a secular function. Shoving your politics or your religion, even if I happen to agree with the politics, no one wants to hear. It's cringeworthy. It's like having a public conversation or going to dinner or going to a party. If Hollywood is making movies for the public, you, you remember, I don't know if you guys ever saw Hail Caesar. Great scene. Great scene. Uh, what's his name? The actor. One of the better ones. Josh Brolin. Where are we going here, Clary? He's the head of the studio and he invited, they're doing a if you haven't seen it, they're doing a a Jesus epic, a Roman uh, centurion Caesar epic uh, and it's about Christ and all that, so there's a scene where Josh Brolin has a Jewish rabbi uh, Eastern Orthodox uh, Catholic and a regular minister or a Protestant minister and he makes this great argument. An argument, or a case, or a plea. Where he says, gentlemen, we're going to be portraying Jesus. We want to work real good, but we want your opinion. Different heads of different religions. You know, what, what's your opinion? What was your view of the, of the movie? Because we don't want to offend anyone, but we also want to paint the true Christ to everybody's religion with respect to everybody's religion as well. And then Eastern Orthodox guy says, well, the chariot scene. Yes, what about it, Father? He jumps from one chariot to the other. I don't think that was very realistic. <laughs> and then inevitably, what happens? Of course, the scene is they all get into a religious argument slamming each other's religion. The guy who played a doctor, the holographic doctor on Star Trek, he was the, the rabbi. He, he was good. <laughs> but that's, that's how you would make a movie in the day. Hey, we're just here to have fun. We don't want to step on nobody's toes. We want you to enjoy your entertainment in your movie. And what does Hollywood do today? They gotta shove politics and religion, which are one and the same. <coughs> Left this politics up everybody's ass and right into their face. And then they wonder. They don't wonder, they don't care. If anything, we've learned from Hollywood, they value politics over profit. And then they'll... I don't even know if they're capable of shame or aware of losing money 
how money and profit are necessary in order for the movies and the movie industry to continue, or if they are truly that dumb, Hollywood actors are truly that dumb, that they don't understand the basic laws of economics and how profit is absolutely necessary for them to get paid or even have a career. Alright, I'm way the fuck off now. Great thing about hiking valleys and canyons, there's really only one way to go. Everybody inevitably splits their own way. Yeah, look here, horse poop. Horses have come this way. Here's the trail. Here's the sort of of the trail. <coughs> and so, it really is the end, certainly, of the Oscars. Well, this is good news. Hollywood is not going to be profitable, or they're not going to have nowhere near the pole as they once did. It's, it will show you how far they have fallen. It will show you how little anyone cares. People are more obsessed about e-drama. They're more obsessed about that. I won't, I won't deny. It's a paradox. Listen to the dick show. And uh, when you got to tune out from politics and everything, I'll go to world-class bullshitters and the dick show. But all they are is gossip. Dick shows, especially e-drama. And yeah, if you want to get traffic and hits, do e-drama. Best thing ever happened to Dick Masterson. Well, two of the best things was one, that thing on the Dr. Phil show. But then the lawsuit where... You think it's bad, but any attention is good attention. And sure as shit, you got a ton of traffic, ton of attention, media attention. The lawsuit was so absurd. Look it up. You can listen to his escapades with Mad Coxon. The lawsuit there. But people tune into that shit. That's what they want to tune into. That's what gossip, that's what it is. And then they think, hey, Aaron, somebody something said this about you. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't care to get into the e-drama. I don't care to slam on Davis Arini and reenact the 30 years war that him and Beckloff like to start every other month. <sighs> Too damn short. It's fun to watch, though. Fun to watch. When I want mindless bullshit, I'll tune into the dick show. <laughs> or not skip ahead of Beckloff when he's ripping apart Arini. <laughs> oh. oh. I want to... God almighty, I kind of want to just make this the podcast and call it a day. <clears throat> Plus I keep running out of trail keep losing the trail, then I discover it again, and I follow this trail, and it doesn't go anywhere. If I look logically where this trail is going, it's going just to the side of this cliff. It's going away from the valley. 
Thankfully, no people are around. I'm going to have my private conversation. Here's a carn. Means I'm on the way to something. Oh, for fuck's sake, what? There's nothing up here. It's just a cliff. What is it? What time is it? 3.32. Maybe I will go home and play video games. Maybe I will just go home and sit on my fat ass. I've been pushing myself for way too long. Maybe I should just go and sit and do nothing. Start those olden days back when I was 12 and 13 years old. All I do is play video games. How do I climb that hill? You can't see it, but if you ever travel south of Red Rock Canyon, basically there's a very jagged mountain range to the west of Las Vegas. And um, it's kind of neat because it's, it's jagged enough, some of it captures water that you occasionally will have flowing streams. But the front side, the east side, the way you're looking at them, they pretty much go straight up. You need climbing gear to get, but then you get to the backside of them. You go up the valley where the water flows out. You can make an approach from the backside, but then you gotta go all the way up the valley. You need a full day to do it. I don't wake up till 10 or 11. And then the sun is setting at like 4.30 out here during winter. You really gotta start in the morning and get going. And then it's like, ah, I gotta wake up in the morning. I'll just hike the half a mile. How far have I gone? How many steps? 6,000. So it said it was a mile and a half one way. Going more than that. <sighs> you know what? I'm not going to talk. There was, I had a, spo a sponsor, I had a client. This was the one where, if you look it up on YouTube, it's. Uh, my girlfriend is pregnant with another man's child or kid or something, something to that effect. And I ripped him a new one because he, he thought he wanted to go back out with her and he was in Lerve. And, and I, I rarely, well not rarely, but trying to check my emotions and have everything be a very Vulcan logical reaction to everything, not to get worked up, keep the blood pressure low. It's not worth it, but this one I, I I just lit into him, and it dawned on me there was something something more than just you fool, you idiot, you moron. There was there was something more to it, and I couldn't put my finger on it until I sat and thought about it and scratched that itch mentally, and I realized that this girl was looking for a for a meal ticket. She was looking for someone to take care of her baby. You know, soon to be single mother. And this guy was Mr. Dopey nice guy, made good money. And she turned on the charm. She's like, no girl's ever been like this to me. Like no girl's ever been like this. Now admittedly, he was sad. He was a loser. I'm not good with girls, you know, a coward, would never go to the gym, would never ask girls out. So there's certainly that aspect, that he has never had a girl treat him decently. But then it dawned on me, this girl 
consciously made a decision. She, a switch went on. She flicked a switch. And it dawned on me that women know exactly what men want. They know exactly what men want. It's not a mystery. It's not. It's it's not a unknown. Every girl, every girl out there knows exactly what guys want. And this was an instance where, you know, oh, I don't know. I'm just a dumb, naive girl. I don't know the ways of boys. No bullshit, girls. You know exactly what men want. And the fact, and it's belied. It's betrayed. It's exposed, especially in like in in stripping, or in um. Uh, prostitution or porn every girl knows exactly what the guys want and if you're willing to pay them the money they can choose to do it and the ramifications of this more and more I thought of and even then I haven't fully crystallized my thoughts but it dawned on me that you can tell a lot from a woman based on whether or not she's doing what you want her to I'm not talking all sex and all that Uh, certainly that though because that's predominantly what men want but, like, if you have a girlfriend or a wife, and she's getting fat, she's letting herself go, she's not giving you... Every every woman knows no guy likes fat chicks. They can say, well, about personality, it's a fraud, it's a front. They know exactly that they should be hitting the gym, they should be dieting, and they should be skinny and sexually attractive to you. And the fact that they don't do that tells you that they love something more than you. In this particular case, they they... They could love food more than you. Uh, that I've certain I've seen that many times before. And of course, you men let yourselves go too. So I mean, how much is a girl going to love you if you let yourself go? And then she's like, "Well, fuck it. If he's going to be fat, then I'm going to go." And food is, you know, a lot of women love food more than they love men. A lot, uh, not not even love. A lot of time, it's fear, like the fear of working out. It's it's laborious. It's laborious to work out. It's taxing. It's painful. And so you can say their their love of leisure or laziness or sloth is greater than their love of you, or which the same side of that, opposite side of that same coin, is they fear the pain and agony, the lifelong pain and agony, the lifelong chore of hitting the gym and working out regularly. <laughs> Again, that's a daunting thing. But my point is, is if you're like, another perfect example, you're hounding your girlfriend, your wife, hey, send some pictures over this way. Hey, dude, hey, let's go for a... And they don't send you the picture. You've got to pull teeth to get it. These girls damn well know what you want. They damn well know what you want. But you know what? They're tired. They're tired. I'm tired. I don't have time. I didn't have time. Or they play... That's that's the best. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best excuse you could possibly get. The other, the worst is when they, they're not tired. They could do it. But they just like torturing you and stringing you along. They love control. They love power more than they do you. And and on the opposite side of this, on the opposite side, the the good side is if she's not doing it for any ulterior motives, like she's not doing it to torture you, or but she actually stays in shape for you. She actually stays in shape. And, and there's nothing you're giving her. It's not like a prostitute where you're giving her money or a stripper where you're paying her to strip tease but your girlfriend, your wife, or someone just does something nice for you, and there's no upside, like it can't possibly benefit her, that's a huge indication the girl actually loves you and gives a shit about you. But it's so rare. <laughs> like when a girl, it, it, it's hilarious. Because you can see it. When they want to get with you, oh yeah, they want a boyfriend. They want to, okay, they're thinking husband. They're thinking kids. And they'll cook, and everything's nice and initial. And then once they got you, then it's like, okay, now I got this. They think it ends. They think like, oh, I have to love him initially. 
only have to take care of them initially. I only got to be nice initially. I only got to be pretty initially. And then inevitably when you break up, what's the first thing they do? First thing they do is they hit the gym. They hot themselves up because they loved, what is it? They love, they didn't love you enough to stay in shape for you. But now that it's over, they fear, I got it because it's two sides of the same coin. They fear the shame of them not getting a guy to show you up. They, they love their vanity. They love their pride more than they loved you. And so they won't hot themselves up for you, your husband or the boyfriend or whatever. But once they, once you guys break up, she's out at the gym because she's going to hot herself up for somebody else. But then the process repeats itself again. Well, it's like, oh, I got this guy. Now I can coast. <laughs> Love is temporary. <laughs> Effort and selflessness are temporary. All you got to do is a little bit to trick the guy, then you're done. And it dawned on me just how telling it is when a woman willingly keeps herself in shape for you, makes you a meal, is nice to you when there's no reason to, when there's no business exchange, there's no economic incentive for her to do it. She just does it because she likes you and those are so rare. And so what it tells me, and, this, and since it's so rare, this was the, the sad conclusion I had, is that when a girl's really nice to you, 95, 98% of the time, it's because she wants something. And it's not for anything idealistic and romantic or uh, uh, loving as love or you. This gal wanted a meal ticket. I, I got another guy. I won't mention who. Uh, he's a tradesman. And this girl was in a, a plight. And she found out that he had this trade that would help her in her situation. And she was hot, and everything was going great, and she's putting on lingerie, and everything's going wonderful. And then when he didn't do his trade, she cut off all the sex. It tells you everything you needed to know. She didn't give a shit about the guy. All she cared about was what he could get her. And this is the same thing with my client. She was looking for a meal ticket. The vast majority of women I've dated, even with the girlfriends I've had, it there and this guys are guilty of this as well. It's just women. I think it's a little bit more pronounced. Uh Hey, we're dead. Hey, this is great. This is wonderful. And then the girls do nothing to keep keep the thing alive. Because I'll, I'll tell you this. What keeps the, the romance alive is fe- female beauty. That's what it is. Guys can be charming and witty, and we can do that. We, we have our own obligations. But the only reason we're chasing after you girls in the first place is because of sex and physical beauty. You take that out, you get fat. As far as I'm concerned, a guy's got a right then to go and get something on the side or dump your ass. And it, but it, but it's so telling. I'm in love. I love you. I love my boyfriend. I love my husband. Yeah, really? Why are you fat? Really? You put your career and everything ahead of him? Really? He's just another thing? What have you done? What? What? Why are you here? The tragic joke about wedding cake. What's the most effective form of birth control? Wedding cake. <laughs> what was the other one about dieting? What's the quickest way to gain weight? Wedding cake. Yep, you girls got you got them. 
you guys like maybe maybe there's some parallels here also with education like women think they really do they think that getting a college degree is has value unto itself they think that just because you got a degree it, it has value no it has no value has absolutely no value that's like buying a ton of ingredients and making nothing with it those individual ingredients have no value. You need to make uh, some cookies or a souffle or some pancakes or some something with those ingredients. Same thing, you know, you got a bunch of construction material. Oh, this construction material has no value. No, it doesn't. Until you build a house with it or a shed, it has no value. And education is the same way. I have my master's degree. I have my doctorate. I'm like, yeah, okay, good for you. Now, what are you going to do with it? Do you have a job? Well, then that degree has no value. It's what you do with it. But, oh, my God. I think there's times, if you look on the internet and some of the memes, or not the memes, the hashtags, these women will celebrate their college degree more than they will actually landing a job or getting married. But, but if you, that's the finish line. I have a degree. I'm done now. No, no, now I, don't. Now I go run off and have kids and work part-time and half-assed. <clears throat> then bitch about the wage gap. I'm married. That's it. That's the goal. It's her day. Her day. It's my day. And the guy's like, oh, hey, it's starting now. It's just beginning to start. The, the beginning credits of the movie of my life with my wife has just rolled. Now we're about to get into the plot. It's just about to get good. Nope. To that, the women, it's over. It's over. They won. No more effort necessary. Oh. And it's, and that's, you really got to open your eyes to this, guys. You really got to open it because, you know, I'm old, but then I, and it's things I've known. You, you see it, but then you got to really realize what that tells you. The fact that women know that, and, and then you feed a girl a bunch of drinks or whatever, and then she gets all hot and bothered and all that. Uh, it knows that they, they know exactly how to make you guys happy. They know exactly what you want. They know that they should be in shape. They know that they should occasionally cook. They know she should be... Oh, not nagging? You think women nag unconsciously? I'll admit sometimes that happens. But I remember having a conversation with a woman very close to me, not romantic, very close to me though. She said, yeah, I used to nag my husband, but you know, it didn't work. It's like, wait, 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 wait. You consciously nagged your husband? Like, you, if you were doing it unconsciously, you would say, no, I've never nagged anyone. You know, like if me, I'm very angry and enraged, people would, would say to me, well, you're very angry. I'm like, no, I'm not. But I didn't realize it because I'm steeped in it. But f for me to say, oh, yeah, I was very angry, means I realized and acknowledged and knew that I was being angry. And when this woman, who love her to death, says, yeah, I used to nag my husband, but, you know, I, I stopped because it didn't work. It's like, wait a minute. You're a good person. And you consciously nagged your husband? Don't give us this, oh, we're just girls and we're just influenced by society and we don't know what's going on. We're just a bag of emotions. No, you're calculating, you're conscious, you're not automatonic. You know exactly and precisely what you're doing. And this feign, this, this facade, oh, we're just, you know, innocent little girls and we're emotions and it's that time of the month. Fuck you. I understand it's so... Sad what a testament it is that women look at things in a calculated economic manner. That you really can't be selfless. That you can't just do something nice because you love the guy. About 90-95% of the relationships out there, it's got to be some kind of economic exchange. 
you did X, I'm going to do Y. But if you don't do X, then I'm not going to do Y. I mean, not once when I'm like making dinner or cleaning the house do I say, well, I'm going to do this, but then my girlfriend's going to do that. How miserable of a life is that? I mean, just even, I think, like, yeah, dishes got to get done. Let's get that shit done. I don't, I, I've never, you, you love the person because you love them. Makes me wonder, makes me really wonder, you know, are, are men the only ones capable of love? Are we the, I mean, seriously, are we the only ones? Or do you girls have to attach every, it always has to be a, a carrot or a stick. Some kind of economic exchange, some kind of, some kind of trade war going on. I'm trying to think of the evolutionary biological consequences if women just capitulated, I mean capitulated, supported their men. Like, what would the consequences be? And I used to think of this along the lines, well, what if women just had sex all the time? Well, you'd have overpopulation. Like, if women's sex drive was equivalent to men's, you'd have overpopulation and the race would die. The human race would be over with. So I understand there's very good reasons for having an imbalance between the sexes. It, it helps regulate one another and keep the population on a steady path. Keeps it from self-destruction. But I'm trying to figure out what possible biological, evolutionary, generational drawbacks there would be to the human race if women merely supported their fucking men and made them happy. <laughs> What? I, I don't know. I don't think the economy and the world would end if you girls all dropped below a BMI of 327 million. I mean, maybe if you girls got... What would happen if women got thin and hot? What would happen? I speculate and theorize, and I've written about it before, that if you want to boost the economy, make women hot again. But I'm just... I'm, I'm trying to think, would there be any major drawbacks, or would we throw the ecosystem of the human race into chaos and, and, and implosion and destruction if women were thin? I don't think so. I can't think of a drawback. What if what if girls maybe made a dinner every once in a while? I'm just one, you know, what if, what if, you know, what would happen if, I'm, I'm not saying women have to go and be at home. I'm not saying you can't go and be an engineer. As a matter of fact, I want you all to be engineers and accountants so you too can pay the fucking taxes. But what would happen if women actually stayed at home and took care of the kids? I, you know, what if they were homekeepers? It didn't seem like the 40s and 50s and the early 60s were that chaotic. I mean, there, there weren't feral gangs of youth running around killing each other. It was depressing. It was real depressing when I looked at it. And then I kind of reflected, I'm, I'm, you know, not to put your daubers down, guys, but if you look back at it, you could pretty much see that the vast majority of women you've interacted with, uh, they view it as an economic exchange. They view it as, well, I'm not going to scratch your back unless you scratch mine. The the woman that truly loves you, <clears throat> the woman that truly cares about you, a cute girl that's just genuinely nice. It's so rare. And yeah, maybe they have the intention. Maybe they really want to, but they're busy with their career, or they got their job, or they got to work extra because they have student loans, or they just don't have the time, or they're busy doing this. Yes, that's all true and legitimate excuses. I'm not saying that's not the reason. But their actions tell you that they value that stuff more than they do making you happy. You know, this is why I have no problem. Nope, never had a problem. If a girl ever got a little fat, hey, you're getting chunky. No, I'm not going to sleep with you anymore. No, I'm not physically attracted to you. Oh, my God. But all of a sudden, guess what? They're 10, 15 pounds lighter. 
And you could slip into it. You can slip into that laziness and sloth. But it tells you everything you need to know. It tells you everything you need to know. You, know, you come back and like long day. She's sitting there watching television. What are you doing? <laughs> Is the Oprah show more important than maybe like, hey, my husband's coming back. Maybe I at, at least I could make him a sandwich. You know, the least I could do was like, oh, here you go, babe. Here's a beer. I'm wondering, does that, you get, write it down in the comments below. I'd be real curious. Email me. When's the last time you ever, has that ever happened when you came home and there was dinner ready and waiting for you? There's a couple t- like you didn't have to ask for it. Like it was just done. <laughs> There's a couple times. I remember getting back and then there was a dinner. And I was like, oh, that's very nice. Well, the girl was dressed up in something sexy. I was like, oh, wow, you took the initiative to make this, you know, to make me head. That's very nice. Thank you. That's true love. But when's the last time that happened for you? I, I got it. Man, you could count on one hand. One hand the number of times that happened. <laughs> All right, well, this is the Clary Podcast. I'm going to go hike back down because the sun's about to set and clouds are coming in. It's getting a little cold up here. If you want to help out the show, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Aaron Clary, and also subscribe to the Older Brother channel. Uh, Tune into all the podcasts. Rate them, I think, on iTunes. There's that, too. Uh, You can help out financially uh, by going to olderbrother.com slash donate. And there's three options right there where you can donate to Patreon. You can donate to PayPal. In which case, in both cases, you get nothing in exchange. You just get warm fuzzies that you help give me money. And uh, PayPal and Patreon take their commission. But if you really want to help out, and help out Mr. Bezos after his uh, recent divorce about to happen, uh, do all your online shopping through my Amazon affiliate program. That is also there at olderbrother.com slash donate. And you're not really donating because you're going to be shopping and buying that stuff anyway. And all you do is uh, when you when you buy stuff through that link, you'll see the Amazon link there. You click on it. You do your shopping. You can log in if you want or not. It's up to you. Inevitably, you'll, you'll log in to pay for the stuff. Uh, but you just click on that link. You do your shopping, and I get a 6 to 7% cut. You don't pay anything extra. It comes out of Bezos, and Bezos is his wife, wife's ex-wife's, current wife's wife in lieu to divorce out of her pockets as well. And it doesn't cost you anything. Um, you can always go ahead and buy my books. Uh, you could find that by going to CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Top left of that page is all the links to all my social media crap. Oh, and by the way, thank you very much. I already put together a video, but if you haven't seen the video, thank you very much to everybody who did subscribe to my YouTube channel. We broke 50,000 subscribers, and I don't know what's going on, but we're already... That was like a day or two ago, and now... I'm already closing in on 51,000, so I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know if I'm going viral on some kind of link or somebody, some kind saint had linked to me and is making me go viral, but uh, I very much appreciate everybody's subscribership and viewership. So, All right, that's it. Uh, Where's the button on this? We'll see you guys later. Toodles.